0: people are enjoying the book of James so far? How many are saying that, you know, I like it, preacher, but it kind of hurts a little bit, right? It's some tough, yeah, thank you for being honest. It's some tough stuff. Well, we're going to continue this morning. Last week, we talked about temptation, how true temptation, whether we want to admit it or not, comes from somewhere deep inside of us, out of our own desires, our own problems, But because of that, James teaches us that we can squash it. We can resist it before it gets out of control. Now, we talked about also God's incredible goodness. How God is not the tempter. He's not going to tempt anyone towards sin. But how, as James says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. So, this morning we're going to be finishing up James chapter 1. And once again, yes, James will challenge us with a set of difficult teachings. But he also encourages us to be, it's probably a verse that a lot of us learned when we were kids, to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. And in doing this, he gives us a threefold process, I think, for living the Christian life. It's something that we can implement and we can repeat as we go through life. So let's read James chapter 1, verses 19-27 through 27 together. James says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. I'm going to lose half the church right here. This one hit me I mean, right off the bat. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent... Humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently... ...into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it... ...and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer who works... ...this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue... ...his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this... ...to look after orphans and widows in their distress... And to keep oneself unstained from the world. Easy enough, right? All right. James, as we talked about his life, he had come to know the real Jesus. We talked. Uh, early on about how James had grew up with Jesus he was Jesus half brother he had this idea of Jesus he knew Jesus the boy Jesus the man but he, until he met the resurrected lord he did not believe that Jesus was the Christ but when he did that it radically changed James's life before and even after Jesus James was a very 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 religious man and i think it's very likely that James was Surrounded by the religious elite of his day. And I think he began to see um, how religion on its own, this thing that was so precious to James most of his life, was simply not enough. And as he observed these people around him who seemed holy on the outside, but on the inside were filthy and immoral and no different than anyone else, it was, again, the same people that Jesus had called hypocrites and a brood of vipers. And I think James wanted to address this issue and the first thing that he tells us is simply this. If we're going to follow Christ the right way, we've got to let go of our dirt. We've got to let go of our junk. James left off our last section telling us about God's goodness. And how God had chosen to give us a new birth. By what? By the word of truth. And then he begins explaining what this new birth should look like. Let's walk through what James says here. Uh, this is what the life of a believer is supposed to be. He says, be quick. To listen. How many people's like me? I probably ninety percent of us fall off right there, right? Quick to listen. Just think how many problems could be solved if we simply listened to one another. How many marital problems how many societal problems? My goodness, how many church problems could we solve if we slowed down and we listened to each other, not so we can make up a response and improve ourselves right, but so actually listen to one another in order to understand where the other person's coming from. That's where James starts. Start with listening to one another. If you're going to do that, it requires you to do the second thing, right? To be slow to speak. Do we even need to elaborate on this one? It's right here in the Word, guys. It's in the Bible. You are to be quiet. As we've heard before, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. We need to practice listening and less speaking. And, and, and James, he, he ends with, also be slow to anger. Now what James is doing is he's telling us that we're to control our tongues and we're to avoid this, this moral failure where we feed into anger. And I don't know if you've ever had an anger problem. Now, I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, but I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I get angry. I think a lot of people, if we're honest, we, we get angry sometimes. But if we feed into this anger, it's like any other sin, any other temptation. The more you feed it, the greater it, it burns like a wildfire. And the thing with anger, because it tends to come out of our mouths, it will consume not only us, but all the people around us if we allow it to get out of control. That's the reason James gives in verse 20, that your anger... I'll be honest, no matter how righteous you may believe it to be, your anger and your harsh words do not accomplish God's righteousness. They tear people down, and I'll be honest, a lot of times they make us look pretty foolish, don't they? They damage the community of faith, the church. I like the wisdom of Proverbs. Proverbs 13.3 says, The one who guards his mouth protects his life. and you would think that the Bible would say the one that guards his heart or the one that guards his mind, or the one that guards his soul. No, the one that guards his mouth protects his life. The one who opens his lips invites his own ruin. Now I don't usually go here, but the message paraphrase version of the Bible actually illustrates this pretty well. It says, "...lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear." Because God's righteousness does not grow from human anger. Our harsh words, when we we fail to listen, again, they have this tendency to grow into this fierce anger. And, and, And again, when we feed it, it's like a wild animal. When we feed it, it just blazes out of control. So what do we do about it? James says, Rid yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly... Receive the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Now the language that James uses here when he says, get rid of all this moral filth. Get rid of all of it. Rid yourselves of it. It literally means get rid of your moral dirt. Get rid of all the, the nasty stuff. This stuff that, that, that's inside of you, that's coming out of you, the temptations, the, the anger, the inability to control your tongue, your inability to listen to others with compassion and with, with empathy. It all stems from, from a dirtiness that's deep inside of you. And James says, you've got to get get rid of that. Now, understand, part of that dirt comes from our own sinful nature, our tendency to sin against God. Other Parts of it may come from our experiences in life and things that we've had to go through where we just accumulate all of this garbage over time, this filth and this dirt, whether it's through bad choices or whatever. But James says, regardless of how it got there, get rid of it. You've got to let it go. Now, how do you do that? James says it's through the Word. How many love the Word? He says, you replace the dirt and the hurt with the implanted word of truth. And you let the word take root deep inside of you. It's like a seed that's going to be planted deep inside of you. And you you feed that. You let it blossom. And you let it grow. And you let it change your heart. And you let it cleanse you from the inside out. And James, he goes so far to say, you let it save your soul. You let go of the bad by getting into the word, as we've said, until the word gets into you. And it changes you. And then, James, that's what James says. He says, you've got to look into the Word. He says, we've got to hear it. Yeah, you've got to listen. You've got to hear it. You've got to ingest it. But you also got to digest it. You've got to look intently into the Word. Or else you're like someone that, that looks in a mirror. He calls the word a mirror. It's like somebody that looks in a mirror and sees everything that's wrong and, and doesn't do anything about it. Now, how many people have done this in the morning before you went to Walmart? You get up out of bed, you look in the mirror, and you see your bed head. And if your mirror could talk, it'd tell you you had morning breath. And you got your PJs on, you walk off to Walmart and don't do anything about it. We've all been, I've been there, we've all done it, right? James says, what if you looked in that mirror And you were covered in dirt. You're just covered in grime and filth. And you didn't do anything about it. You had the ability to. You had the option to. But you walked away filthy, nasty, stinky. A rational person would not do that. Something inside of you would say, Hey, silly, clean the dirt off yourself before you do anything else. Likewise, James says, if you look in the Word... And you look intently into it. and You really look in there. And and, and yeah, maybe you learn something. Maybe it it stimulates your mind. Maybe you grow in in knowledge. But if if the Word, like that mirror that it is, if it reveals something in your your soul or in your heart or even your your behaviors, your habits, and the Holy Spirit says, hey, this is dirty. This is bad. You need to clean this up. And, And if you see that and you don't do anything about it, what does James say? He says, you are fooling yourself you're deceived you're just like the person that looks in the mirror and sees all that filth and doesn't do anything about it hearing is one thing but Christians we have to be doers of the word the word the living word of God is supposed to impact every single aspect of of our lives. It should impact our words. It should help us control our tongues. It should affect our actions. It should change our attitudes. It should impact the way that we interact with one another and, and other people. And then in verse 25, James gives the contrast to this kind of life. He says, The one who looks in the Word and sees something and doesn't forget what he's seen, he says, This person that actually does what the Word says, he will be blessed in everything that he does. Sometimes you get in here early in the morning, maybe on your lunch break or even late in the evening and you're looking in the mirror and you see something that shouldn't be there. And it's uncomfortable, isn't it? James says when you feel that, when you see that, don't stop there. Actually do something about it. I think a lot of times we... Forget how powerful the Word of God is, even as Christians. And we often take it for granted. Listen, the, the Word of God will transform your life. It will change you. It's, it's so powerful. And it will if we just let it, church, it will make us into something more like Christ every single day of our lives. I've, I've quoted from D.L. Moody here recently, and this is a really good one. It's in a lot of our Gideon Bibles, and it was supposedly written on the inside flap of D.L. Moody's Bible. And it simply said this. It says, This book, the Bible, contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. And practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Here too, heaven is open and the gates of hell are disclosed. Christ is its grand subject. Our good is its design, and the glory of God is its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly. Frequently and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It's given to you in life. It will be opened at the judgment. It will be remembered forever. And it involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. The Word is alive and it's powerful. It's transformative. And listen, as Baptists, what, what, what are we sometimes called? People of the Word. People of the Book. I think it's time that we live up to that nickname, right? And begin to live by the Word. And here's the thing. When we, when we actually do that, here's what's cool. When we actually get into the Word... We don't just hear it, but we begin to do it. We'll learn that we need to do exactly what Jesus said and what James, his half-brother, said. And it boils down to two very simple things. Love God and love others. That's what James is saying here. He says a religion, folks, it doesn't change you. A religion that doesn't help you control your tongue and control your temptations and control all the stuff that's inside of you and deal with that. A religion that doesn't help you get rid of the dirt. And, and, and a religion that doesn't affect how you look at people and love people. He says, that's useless. It's worthless. That's the language James uses. He says, you're deceived. But he tells us then what a religion that's acceptable to God looks like. He says, first, It's pure. And it's undefiled. A true religion is one that makes you right with God. It doesn't make you dirty. doesn't keep you dirty. It's not morally filthy, as James says. And I think we all know there's really only one way to attain all that, right? And it's not through religion. It's through a relationship. It's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the, the true Word of God. From the beginning, Jesus is the only one that can save you he's the only one that can get rid of all the dirt that james says you got to get rid of it and he he can take all of that your messes your trials your temptations your 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 garbage and he can trans transform every single part of you even the parts you don't want to talk about even the parts you have not let anybody else on the face of this earth know about he can take even that and radically transform it into something beautiful for himself but James here, he argues, and he'll continue to build on this as we go along, that your religion, your faith, even a pure and undefiled religion before God, as he says, it's not just for you. And that's what's beautiful about following Jesus. He says, Yeah, you gotta love God, but listen, you gotta love other people too. You've got to, as James says, you need to look after people like the orphans. And the widows in James's day, these were the most vulnerable in the community. You need to look after the people that society that are in society that simply can't help themselves. You need to love on the people and give to the people that you probably aren't going to get anything in return from. And here's why. There was a time in all of our lives that we were the orphan. We were helpless. We had no way to do anything for ourselves. And Jesus did for you what you could not do on your own. When He came and He died on the cross for your sins, something you could never do for yourself. And we now need to extend that kind of love and that kind of grace to the rest of the world. Three things, James says. Let go of your dirt. Look into the Word. Love God and other people. Can you imagine, church, if we just got those three things right? If we could just get those, if we could just love God and others right, the whole world would change overnight, wouldn't it? My challenge for you this morning is simply this How are you doing with all these things? Do you have still some stuff, some dirt that you just need to get rid of? That you need to let go. Have you been, maybe recently, you've been looking a little more intently into the mirror and and the Holy Spirit said, hey, you might want to clean that spot up just a little bit. Are you loving God and others more each day? I think as Christians, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Maybe this morning, you realize that you, you need to allow the Word to change you. You've been reading what it says. You've been hearing the preacher say it. You've been hearing people talk about it in Sunday school. But now it's time to actually put it into action. To put your faith into action. That's something James is going to talk about later. Maybe you need a fresh commitment to God and to the Word this morning. Whatever the case is, don't be deceived. Don't just hear it. Don't just read it and do nothing about it. Put it into action. Let's pray together. Let's stand and pray together. Father, these types of sermons are, are tough. God, I love preaching about the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. But, God, as I study what james is saying to us this week god this is where the rubber meets the road that now that we're saved as a follower of jesus this is what we're supposed to be doing we're not to be content with the dirt that we see in the mirror we're supposed to be in your word transformed by your word living up to what your word says we're supposed to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're to love others as ourselves. God, I, I feel that I miss that mark so often, and I'm sure others do too. So, God, my prayer this morning is that as we've looked into your word, we wouldn't just hear it, that we do what it says. And, God, if you're telling someone today to let some stuff go, I pray they leave it all behind this morning. God, if you're telling someone that they need a relationship with Jesus, that they'd be saved today. God, if this morning you're telling someone that they they need to make the next step, God, whether that's baptism or church membership, God, I pray they'd just be obedient to you today. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're just beginning this journey and you need to be saved, why don't you come this morning if you need to commit to baptism, why don't you come and and share that with the church family? If you just want to come and pray and ask God to take away this stuff that you've been carrying, why don't you come As we'll sing a song of invitation this morning. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at BarbervilleFBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.